You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 307. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. How's your winter going? My winter's going pretty well, actually. I, uh, I just got back from a ski trip in Colorado. Very lucky to uh, be able to do that and to be able to, to get invited out there. Uh, it, was, uh, it was really nice. I don't get to do that very often. Um, conditions were great. Uh, and uh, being out in the Rocky Mountains is, is really cool. Um, something about being on a long plane ride is I don't know about you, but I, so I am a voracious reader, but it takes me a really long time to finish books. Sometimes I'm working on the same book for like months and months and months. One of them is The Fourth Turning is here with Neil Howe uh, or, or by Neil, Neil Howe. Um, I've talked about the, his, his previous book on the podcast uh, a couple of years ago as a two-parter with Aaron, but this is his latest book on The Fourth Turning. Very, very interesting, but it's over 400 pages. I think it's 450 pages. So I kept on grinding and grinding and grinding. But those those uh, four-hour plane rides really uh, re- really helped, and I, I finally got it finished. And I, I think that book was a really great explanation of our current social mood and what we can expect into the future. A lot of great pop culture references, including Hot Tub Time Machine. So I think that that's I think we could do a show on that because that will just be a lot of fun. So hopefully I'll get a discan- uh, chance to discuss it uh, here on the program in the coming weeks. Um, now, uh, relevant to today's uh, interview, go check out uh, The New Great Compromise, which is my uh, proposal on how to update the Constitution of the United States. Uh, first of all, you know, people... You know, I don't seriously think we're about to uh, pass a an overhaul of the Constitution, but it's a really interesting thought exercise, and it um, it goes into well, what's wrong with our political system today? Uh, social choice theory, how should elections be structured? Um, and it's not just the mathemat from the mathematical side, but it's also from the political side. Like, why why should we have bicameralism? Is that a good thing? I think it's a good thing, uh, you know, but not everyone does. Um, and so, uh, definitely, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, read that uh, toward New Great Compromise, uh, localmaxradio.com slash uh, slash labs. Uh, now, there's something um, interesting about that. I get some great feedback. First of all, some people uh, mistakenly think that the Great Compromise was the one that was about slavery, um, which it's not. There are actually a lot of uh, compromises in our history that was about slavery. There was the Missouri Compromise, which said that uh, you can't have slavery above the southern boundary of Missouri. Of course, Virginia was above the southern boundary of Missouri, but like, but going west, that was overturned in 1850 when they had another compromise saying, basically, we're going to open up more lands for slavery, and we're going, including Texas, and we're going to have, uh, um, uh, and, and we're going to have a fugitive slave law. So you know, obviously, not great. And of course, there was the three fifths compromise that that went into the Constitution, and I think that's the one that people mistake it for. Um, but the Great Compromise. Um, that that I was talking about is the one that uh, created bicameralism, that created a, a House of Representatives and a Senate, uh, which is something that is 
common now in most um, Western and non-Western nations around the world. So a lot of uh, a lot of nations have decided to go with bicameralism. So if you think that's some kind of you know horrific thing, um, you know you, you have a lot of explaining to do. Uh, you know, but 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 willing to be open to, to hearing about it. Uh, there are a lot of countries that have kind of a one and a half um, one and a half uh, uh, legislatures where it's like. Uh, um, you know, you have you have your main one, your main parliament, and then the other one, the, the Senate or whatever, it's the House of Lords in the UK, is kind of just a, a confirmation body. Okay, fair fair enough. Um, but uh, anyway, there's a lot of questions about what we should do with regards to gerrymandering, also in the Newgate Great Compromise. And I did get some feedback on like, well, I don't think your uh, you know your language in there is going to fix it. Although I haven't had some, I haven't had like a better proposal. So how do we do districting fairly? Is a very open question. Um, I've talked about gerrymandering a lot on the program. Gerrymandering is how to shape districts to get the political uh, outcome that you want. Uh, there's a lot of good kind of data science and, and sort of machine learning um, uh, methods for uh, coming up with some gerrymandered districts. I bet it's a lot of fun. If you are in power in a particular state, it is in your interest to do that. I just don't think... Uh, it's in the interest uh, that it is allowed to be done across the country. It doesn't serve uh, the democratic process very well. But if you want to fix it, you have to have some kind of fair proposal to do it where even if you're creating you know, boards or whatever, those can't be kind of subverted to some ends. It's a very difficult thing to do. Um, for some reason now, but so those are some constructive criticisms. For some reason, when I post this thing online, I, people get really mad. People don't get mad. When I post stuff about you know machine learning or Bayesian inference, even when I wade into the uh, Bayesian versus frequencies debate, you know people are are mostly they'll make cracks, wise cracks, they'll make jokes, but no people get physically upset. I feel uh, I could feel it from the writing when I post my constitutional project. A lot of uh, criticisms are, what, how dare you spend your time on this? Or, you know, why should I listen to you? You're not, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you don't have any, um, any credentials. And, you know, I don't know. It just seems like there's a bunch of, uh, bunch of people out there who, who uh, don't want to have this discussion or they kind of see it as kind of the you know, well, it's part of the part of the current political environment, perhaps, and it's sort of wading into the political environment, even though it's not a very kind of uh, a social issue uh, a type thing that, that that might be more of a culture war issue. But it maybe it maybe it's interpreted that way. Uh, one thing Aaron told me that that might be the case is that a bunch of people have their kind of ideal system that they want to set up that they have in their minds, and if your system is not that, then they figure out ways to disregard it. Um, I certainly don't see my role that way when I see something very different from what I proposed, but uh, maybe a lot of people, maybe a lot of people do that. Um, anyway, uh, I've enjoyed talking about the, the Constitution and constitutional law on the program, and I was actually approached by some folks uh, at an organization, Citizens Academy, uh, dedicated to constitutional education, to have them them on the program and, and talk about it. Um, and particularly in our discussion is about the changing nature of words. In the Constitution, see the way I think about it is, if you sign an employment contract, well, there could be vague stuff in there you might want to worry about uh, down the road, but you're not worried about the actual meaning of words changing in five years and ten years. But over decades, and especially over centuries, uh, it starts to add up. It starts to make a big 
difference. And that's what we face when we write constitutions for nations. And that's one of the challenges in it versus writing a kind of a, a, a contract uh, that is feels long term, but but in, in the span of history is is pretty short term. OK, my next guest is with CitizensAcademy.us and has over 35 years of experience as a professional speaker working with numerous organizations. His disappointment in the lack of results with modern education prompted him to discover a new method of learning using effective and proven basics. Let's bring it up. Christopher Nesbitt, you've reached the local maximum. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Max. I'm delighted to be on your show. Thanks for having me. So uh, but before we begin, tell us a little bit about like what is your background? Uh, why did you become interested in the Constitution? Well, I have a background in sales and insurance, but I specialized in having people really understand what they were getting into so they could make good choices on their insurance. And that spread a whole word of mouth on me being a problem solver. So I've had people ask me to do consulting or even marriage counseling or workshops or seminars, all on the subject of enhancing people's understanding of things. And then when I learned about from a person I really respect, the Citizens Academy US, I thought, wow, this is an opportunity to help people broadly in America understand probably the most basic fundamental that they're, they should know about the Constitution. Uh, so did you have like an interest in in politics or, or, or civics uh, beforehand? Were you politically involved? No, I did not have a big interest in politics or civics. It was not a uh, passion for me, but helping people learn and understand was one. And so uh, when I saw, wow, I should be more involved and more effective in helping people uh, on a broad scale, not necessarily one political party or the other, but have, ha helping people understand their rights and the Constitution did become super interesting to me. Was there some like uh, some event that happened or some like uh, observation that that led you in that direction? Yes. I saw more and more problems occurring in the country, and I thought, what might be a common denominator that would help solve these problems broadly that a heightened understanding could make people more united, more aligned, and less argumentative, or even less likely to riot? For example, the Portland riots really had an adverse effect on me. I thought, boy, something really needs to be done about this at a grassroots level. Is I, I'm not really sure the the if it's a quote or or an idea that 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 I'm remembering. So I might be misremembering. But there's something about like how uh, you know violence is politics carried out through other means, or or maybe it's the reverse of that or something. Whereas you know if you have a, a good political system, it can avoid uh, more violence. Uh, yeah, you know, that's a good point. I, I haven't heard of that exact quote, but I can. Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly. I know I'm thinking of something, but not, I, I can't look it up right on the spot here. No problem. I would love to see it if when you find it, but I can certainly see just academically that that would make sense, that the better the system, the less violence, argumentation, conflict and problems. 
So I, I, before we get on, you said something interesting that I didn't know. You, you had a, a background in, in, in sales and in insurance. And that, the thing that went through my head, and forgive me, maybe this is not what you want me going through my head, was when I'm asked to sign these like long legal documents, whether it's like a lease or some some business arrangement where sometimes I, as a normal person, I'm asked to sign things where I don't really know what they are, but there's like, you know, 40 pages. Uh, is that the kind of thing that you're talking about? Well, yes, to some degree, and I'm glad that you you bring this up because it it really dovetails with why I've gotten so interested in helping others with the Citizens Academy U.S. But what I found when there's uh, extensive legal documents or even a proposal generated by a company that there's words in the proposal or in the legal document or the agreement that the person maybe knows or has some superficial idea of, but doesn't really know or understand in the context of the document. And that causes terrific confusion and upset when uh, the bills come in or some unexpected development happens. All would have been predictable if they really understood what they were reading. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, when I, I'm fascinated when I read the Constitution and like some uh, uh, and, and other like foundational political documents, but when it comes to like my own, um, uh, uh, my own legal documents, when it, I just I kind of my eyes just kind of glaze over. It's 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 kind of funny. Um, no, I I understand completely, and that's that's what when I have a client starting to glaze over, I know and have studied uh, enough about why why that happens that I can get to the cause of it, clear it up on the spot and have them go, wow, why didn't somebody explain that to me earlier? And now they have clarity and can go forward without that anxiety of, oh my goodness, what what am I getting into here? Yeah, yeah. So uh, so let's get into a little bit about Citizens Academy. We don't have to get into like the whole history of everything, but like what does your organization do on the high level and and why did you decide to, uh, well, did they reach out to you or, or vice versa? And 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 why did you d decide to, uh, to uh, work with them? A person that I had followed for some time who was excellent at coaching communication and being a, a, a uh, leader in, in uh, business development in the subject of communication, uh, just really extraordinary. And I had been to one of her workshops, uh, she is the one that introduced me to the subject of the Citizens Academy US. So uh, because it was based on this one subject of the six purposes of the Constitution and having them be completely clear and understood by anybody that would want to, we developed a study guide that clears up every keyword in that paragraph that has the six purposes of the Constitution. Each page is illustrated. It has the original meaning from the based on the 1828 Noah Webster's Dictionary so that anybody could understand what our founding fathers had for the purposes of the Constitution. And this is one specific piece of the whole document but the more I've talked to people, they realize that this is the most important part, because in any subject, if you don't know the purpose, 
you might know a lot of other things, but you're in trouble if you don't know what the purposes are. So this is you're talking about the the first paragraph that starts with uh, you know we the people in order to form a more perfect union that, that that's exactly right that is exactly it but it's interesting that if you ask people where are the purposes unless they know that the word preamble means the part of a document that covers its purposes its intentions and what it's aiming to do then they they draw a blank. And they they go wow where are those purposes and but you hit it right on the head yes the yeah well I couldn't I don't know if I I could necessarily recite word for word the rest of the preamble <laughs> I just know <laughs> the, uh, the 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 first part that I'm actually going to bring it up now uh, I know it's I know it ends with in order to uh, um, you know uh, secure liberty for ourselves and our posterity uh, that's probably the last clause in there uh, right but uh, but yeah I guess. There are probably six clauses in there, right? There are. That's right. And you can go through them one at a time, like one of them is to form a more perfect union. Right. Well, yeah. So that's an interesting one. What, what does that mean? Because I think that's that 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 is kind of a phrase that, um, you know, I mean, more perfect to a lot of people. We just kind of think of it as as better. What 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 does that mean uh, uh, in your in your view? Well, I will tell you. And if it's all right, give me just a second. I'm going to uh, grab my copy of the study guide that was printed and developed by the Citizens Academy U.S. And I'll read you an example so you can see how understanding this one word perfect might shed more light on that purpose, number one. Uh, sure. Give me just one moment. Yeah. Okay, so let's take the word perfect. I'm gonna give you my history as a kid when I first heard the preamble and what I had been taught in various instances that nobody is perfect. Perfect is really unattainable. It's just like an ideal that one might hope to attain someday if you're lucky. But generally speaking, perfection is like a ideal dream that isn't going to be attainable. That was what had been foisted off on me in, in a couple of different ways. Sure. I mean, that sounds like well, the language that we would use today. Yeah. Okay. Like nobody's perfect. Some, some, right, right. One hey, liner like that. that. That's like what I said. It sounds like better. Hey, uh, you know, we have a union. It's, it's not doing that great right now, or at least it, it, it seems to be from, from our perspective as the, as the framers, we're going to improve it. So more perfect. There you go. Okay. So now let's take a look from the guide, page 31. Perfect in the context of this purpose is defined as ideal, lacking nothing. The word perfect comes from the word proficio, which meant to complete, to carry to the end. And the sentence that's given is, having you come will make our party even more perfect. As you mentioned in the paper you shared with me about the Constitution, there was a fair amount of uh, debate about the Constitution uh, yeah. as it was coming down the pike to be ratified, correct? Uh, yeah, of course. And so it's interesting that the when they finally came to an agreement and ratified it, they had come to this 
completion point where they've now unified these colonies. So yeah. there was a point of completion there, like like uh, like if you if you were uh, sitting down for a, for a meal at a restaurant and you ordered a steak, but there's only a fork and a spoon and no steak knife, no knife of any kind. You you don't have a perfect place setting. It's incomplete. And the moment it's complete, oh, there's your steak knife. Now you can enjoy the steak. And maybe you get some steak sauce and it's even more perfect. But the idea that perfection as a completion that is attainable, every state coming into agreement under this one constitution uh, was a completion point and thus had achieved perfect in that context. And it could be more perfect later uh by following the rest of the purposes of the constitution so i guess they 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 were kind of uh insinuating by saying that that what they had currently articles of confederation were incomplete uh you know which were uh put together uh by thoughtful people but put together you know during war without you know without too much uh uh debate over over the long term yes Yep. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, that things could still be improved, even though we've made an accomplishment, we've got a completion point, to me, is how I look at life. Like we could uh, achieve a milestone or a goal, and that's a completion. And we've got a point where we say, okay, that, uh, you know, you could do a podcast show and wow, everything you wanted came true. It was perfect in the sense that you got what you wanted, and we're done now. And you feel happy about airing it. And that doesn't mean the next one couldn't be better, but we did a good job on this one and we did get something completed. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, I actually do want to ask you about the, the critics of the constitution um, in a little bit, even though I, I don't have it written down here because I think that's a big piece of the puzzle, but in, in your view, you've been going around uh, 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 teaching about this topic what do you think is the biggest misconception about the Constitution that, that people uh, uh, come in with? I think the biggest misconception is that people don't understand that in any document or really any area of life that there are purposes that have to be known and understood and that purposes are more important than all the rest of the document. Clearly, the Constitution with its sections has many, and, and its articles have, have many uh, important things to say about how to govern and how to have the laws work. Uh, all these, essentially what you could call rules of the game, are important. But in any game, the purpose, to me, always rings true as more important than everything else. If somebody doesn't know the purpose, say, of why... Uh, the team that they're on is building a road, uh, they're they're not going to be the worker you'd want to hire. Yeah. Uh, so what what do you think? How uh, what do you think is the um, is the goal of, uh, you know, uh, constitutional understanding or education uh, among the public? Um, you know, is what why do you think this is a, an important thing? I will answer that. I also remember that you mentioned that there's uh, people that we could say are the naysayers that want to change or do away with the Constitution. Well, you touched on that. I'm right? going to, yeah, I mean, I'm going to talk about 
there's several different groups. I mean, there, there you know, there are people who are critics of the actual constitutional convention in, in 1787 that said, hey, maybe we didn't need this. Maybe we could have stuck with the uh, Articles of Confederation. Uh, then there are people who think, uh, who argue today that it it doesn't matter because uh, politicians violate it. So maybe we could, um, maybe we could address those two separately. Uh, but my first question is, um, I guess, why is it important for the average person to know about the Constitution? And then we could uh, address those two things. Uh, that's great. And I, to me, the answer to that is, uh, one, to realize that from the general public's point of view, there's a lot of material to the Constitution, and not everybody has the depth to write a paper like you did with over 17 citations and a suggested rewrite. <laughs> I mean, that was impressive. That, that that's me citing other people, not not other people citing me. Although okay, hopefully right. someday. <laughs> but it was a great compilation. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to to write, and you know, I did I did take a, a constitutional law class as as an undergrad when I went to Yale, but that was like you know several years, it was like you know, a bunch of years ago now. But like um, you know, I I've always enjoyed this stuff, so it didn't take me too long to write it. But I had been thinking about it for a long time. That's fantastic. So. So what I wanted to say is that the most important part of the Constitution that everybody could grasp if they did our study guide is the first section, the preamble. And when you first look at it, it looks like one paragraph. But when you read it carefully, it's actually one sentence. Probably seems like a, a run-on sentence to uh, it, a lot It of could people. seem like that. But when you see the, you know, the, the, to me, the writing style of this preamble, and by the way, you may know that in your own studies that there was like fierce and hot debate and efforts to, um, not everybody was in agreement about the different portions of the Constitution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, w one of my my favorites who I write in the paper is uh, is George Mason. I think he was not against the whole idea of it but he had uh he had too many concerns to to support it at first okay all right so and i follow that so what i wanted to mention is if broadly and, and i mean lots and lots of people understood this one sentence as it was intended with the original meanings of the words fully highlighted in this guide, uh, what happens is they suddenly go, wow, I never knew that, that those were purposes. And to me, the whole subject of purpose is fascinating because for me purposely, uh, for me, in, in fact, when I had a purpose that I was forwarding and operating on, I felt more alive. I felt more awake and energized. And you could say living is having and following a purpose. That's how I look at it. So what, I mean, I don't know if we have time to go through like all six, but can you give a, another example besides the uh, more perfect union thingy? Because that one Absolutely. is, yes. that one seems too general to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to make a more perfect podcast episode, if you know what I mean. Uh, yes, sure. No problem. So uh, one of them, is let's take the word um and i'm i just want you to know that i'm gonna 
concentrate on what is in the book because the words themselves when like a friend of mine just mentioned while he was uh eating breakfast he was reading the guide i had he he wanted to buy a copy of it from me so he was reading the guide and he described to me wow i didn't know that was the definition of blessings hmm. and you remember in the preamble that the word blessings is there uh let's see so it's to it's a, to secure let's see uh secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our, our posterity yeah uh right. yeah so so what uh, um i would kind of just if i you know if i wasn't aware like i would think in today's usage it would just be um secure the the the, the good attributes of of liberty that we get you know or, or when you live under a free society uh good things happen those are the blessings but 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 what is the meaning that that's that and now that i can understand that that has validity but in the context of the constitution as it was written the definition right here on page 59 is sources of happiness hmm. and the word blessings came from the word blitzan which meant made holy give thanks the sentences are you're a blessing in my life my children are a blessing I'm grateful for all my blessings. I wish you many blessings. But instead of it being something maybe conferred on somebody else, which is a definition that I had learned way early on, that it's a source of happiness, sources of happiness. And, and I've actually had two people in the last week that I've been reading my guide uh, say, wow, I didn't really have that complete understanding of blessings. And it made a lot more sense when they cleared this up and made sentences of their own, which is part of the instructions of how to study the guide. Right, right. All right. So I, I do want to talk about critics and, and issues of the Constitution just for a little bit. You could kind of respond to this uh, uh, how, however you want. But, you know, it's clear that sometimes politicians seem to violate the Constitution. And there are some people who say, well, you know, the Constitution doesn't matter because it just gets violated you know, when, when politicians, you know, are can or, or feel like it. So uh, how do you feel about this issue of it not being uh, self-enforcing? Uh, well, I think the answer to that, and there's two things you've asked me. So just the first one is that we have had a attorney that was a naysayer, just like you were saying, that he disagreed with the Constitution, thought it was outmoded and should be scrapped in so many words. When he was taken through the guide by my my boss um, and he fully understood all the words that made up these purposes, he turned around and he was like, oh, well, that shouldn't be taken out. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. And had a complete change of heart because his misunderstandings had been cleared up and he saw that these purposes were not just of the Constitution, but were actually his too. And I think that's an important part just to pause and consider just for a moment is that when people really understand these purposes as they were intended with the original meanings, they go, well, that's what I think too. That's That hits home. That's how, what I want. And now we have alignment on a purpose because it's understood and not lost in terms of meaning. What do you think are the biggest 
weaknesses of the Constitution uh, as it stands today, you know, with the amendments, uh, if if you were to kind of uh, turn it around and say, well, what what are the um, what's the strongest argument, say, that a, a critic might have? Well, that's oh, that's good. That, that gives me pause for thoughts. Well, I'd say the strongest argument that they might have uh, would stem from that they themselves likely don't understand what they've read on the very first paragraph. So they they could have all sorts of criticisms. And, and to me, I've dealt with many, many critical people. And strange as it might seem, you know, if they were critical about a legal document, uh, critical about a, a health plan, they had words in it that they didn't understand. And when those were cleared up, their criticism ceased. It was almost magical. I've seen it happen again and again. So the reason I bring this up is that the one thing that I would put in the Constitution, if, if I had a, a way of changing it, is to, and uh, answering your question about it being self-enforcing, would be that any law proposed you know, for the legislature to, to vote on would have to outline which purpose or purposes of the Constitution was being forwarded by their particular proposal. Right, right. Now, uh, when I wrote that uh, paper on the Constitution last year, I, I focused more, I th you know, I'm more of like a, you know, I, I'm focused more on like the the structure, like, you know, what are the different bodies going to be? How are they going to interact with each other? And it it seems to me that like, you know, we have had amendments that affect this. We don't have to argue that every amendment was good, but 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 I I feel that the original Constitution needed like just to name one that that was kind of obvious that I think it's the uh, the 12th Amendment where it was just changing how we elect the president after that whole Thomas Jefferson, Aaron Burr thing uh, happened. Mm -hmm. uh, that mm -hmm. was probably, uh, you know, that was uh, that was probably needed because uh, um, that 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 I, I don't think there are, there's anyone out there uh, calling on repealing the Twelfth Amendment. So I feel like there there could be some weaknesses uh, in the structure, even if you know my proposal is not necessarily the answer or goes too far. But um, um, I, but uh, how do you how do you think about like the the structure that they set up? I, I don't know if you have any reaction to that. Uh, you know, I don't have any real definite um, opinion one way or the other uh, on that, so I can't really comment on that in any effective way. But I I do think that when purposes are clarified, then all the other sections will tend to line up and make more sense. Um, and and if an, another amendment needs to be made, I think it would be all in the direction of making sure that the purposes are understood as purposes and can be followed and adhered to, because uh, it's an interesting historical fact, as I understand it, the one piece of the Constitution that was not disagreed with, was not edited, and was agreed upon by all concerned was the preamble. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I, I think in some countries, they would have a, a real difficult time. Uh, 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 and, and probably in this country at certain periods of time, maybe today, if we were to sit down and write the preamble, uh, it would be, uh, it would be very difficult to do and very difficult to get um, consensus on. Um, I think you're exactly right. I think that's spot on. 
Yeah. So what, what's interesting about your saying, I mean, one thing that that I one way I was explaining it um, in, in in my paper, which was more of a uh, more of like a mathematical term, but it was a it was a shelling point or a focal point, and I think that's uh, that, that that's kind of getting into the idea of a purpose, where if you have an institution that has a clear purpose and the purpose is known to everyone and it makes sense to everyone, then it can work well. It's hard to it it, it becomes harder to undermine that that uh, institution. It's almost like um, everybody kind of knows instinctually uh, uh, what they should be doing uh, because the the stated purpose makes sense and uh, and and everything is aligned. And I think that's something that that uh, we should look at not only in the constitution but like in in all. Uh, kind of organizations or, or human endeavors, like you know your you know, company. Like if you have a company and they're telling you uh, we're all about this, but then nothing is set up to do X. Like we're all about X, but nothing is set up to do X. Then everyone's confused, or maybe they don't say anything at all and everyone's confused. So, but then if you, you know, you work at a place where okay, they have their purpose. It seems like everything's set up around that purpose. Uh, then and and then it's like okay, I kind of could come in here. I know what to do. I don't have to be forced. Yes, yes, that they can be self-determined on that purpose. Yeah. Um, okay. May I comment on one thing you mentioned? Uh, absolutely. Okay. So you mentioned uh, about things being undermined when it comes to purposes. Yeah. So one thing that I've noticed is that since these purposes are stated in words, and words and their meanings sometimes get dropped out of people's understandings. And I've noticed, and there's articles on this on the internet about in schools, dictionaries being dropped out. Dictionaries start being not used anymore. And you mean for, for you, digital, uh, digital reasons? Yeah, for digital reasons or other reasons, but certain dictionaries that do have useful definitions. And by the way, the study guide that our Citizens Academy US has made is basing its definitions on Noah Webster's 1828 American Dictionary of the English Language. He spent 26 years of his life compiling this big dictionary where he went and researched 20 different languages to get the derivations properly. Yeah. Wow. So, there, there are still dictionaries that do that, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the, by we all just means, don't have them. <laughs> yes. but, but also, um, like they, you know, they uh, words change their meanings, and sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes there could be political reasons for trying to change the name, uh, change the meaning of a of a word or phrase. Um, and I'm a digital native. You know, I not only do I live and work on the internet. I mean, I. You know, I, I worked at a social media company for 10 years, but I think, wow. you know, uh, <laughs> I have walked in an old bookstore and I'd be like, I better get something here because uh, at least they're not going to change it on me. <laughs> that's right. No, that's I think that's exactly apropos. And what I wanted to mention myself is that one of the ways that you can undermine a country is by renaming what words mean, redefining words as a propaganda point. You may recollect in 1984, this was mentioned, the book 1984. Right, right. And that was in, in Orwell's wor world. That was like, that was one of the main things. I think that was one of the main things the main character was doing. Either he was editing news or or at least he was observing that uh, that that 
you know, words had to be redefined from time to time. Yes, that's exactly it. So when a person is now has lost track or maybe never even learned the original meaning of the word as used by the framers and writers of the Constitution, then their purpose is not understood because the purpose of the Constitution is really, when it's really understood, people go, wow, there, we've not had anybody disagree with these purposes once they were understood based on the original meaning. But because dictionaries have dropped out and then people invent meanings or they have a superficial idea, but not a complete full understanding, then what people think the purpose is, is not what it was originally intended to be. That causes the problems, that causes the conflict, the big arguments. And I'm, I'm certain to say the violence that can erupt into a riot, I assure you people that really understood our guide and understood these six purposes as they were intended would not dream of being part of a riot. I think uh, before we go, I, I, I'm almost I'm wondering if you have another specific example of a of a word that has been redefined. That kind of absolutely. Um, is- well, yes, absolutely. Let's take the word liberty. And Max, here's a question that that we ask people. Uh, you know, if we're in a uh, we were at a Constitution Day in a local town where park was set up with booths and speakers and myself and my co-spokesman Karen were asked to speak and people came up to our booth and what when we asked people why did the people that wrote the constitution use the word liberty instead of the word freedom Hmm. one for one we got a blank stare and they were speechless and they were like you know like a kid caught when he can't answer the test question like um (laughs) they were they were like frozen and their wits were tangled up because they had no idea of why this was the case so what i could do if you like is in this book on page 61 and 63 and 65 we have freedom defined so you can see how it's different than liberty and how it would apply to people being more uh, peaceful, more inclined to help others rather than fight others and be united regardless of of political party. So page 60, um, so is that all right if I read these? Yeah, go, go for it. Okay, freedom is defined as absence of all restraint and all restrictions. The word freedom comes from frio, which meant acting of one's own will. The animals in the forest enjoyed their freedom, is uh, the sentence that's provided. Hmm. So now, and if we were doing this guide as a study assignment, we would talk about, well, what does this mean in your own words? We would do sentences and examples. Uh, But for now, is that definition clear? Uh, yeah, yeah. Freedom is just means you could do it without restraint. Yeah, absence of all restraint and all restrictions. Hmm. Now, here's liberty from page 63 and 65. And by the way, your listeners can download a free copy of this guide by going to citizensacademy.us. And on that website, they can also order a soft or hard copy of the book if they like. But the uh, free download is 
shows all the beautiful illustrations and how nicely it's laid out. But here's liberty, the state of being free from oppressive restrictions from government on one on one's way of life, behavior, belief, or political views. Oppressive rules or regulations would be ones that are too severe, cruel, harsh, or that limit or restrict you too much. And then page 65, liberty assumes restraints are essential. Control that you do agree with, that you consider reasonable, that you do consent to. The word liberty came from the word liber, which meant free. The people enjoyed their liberty after escaping the cruel king, or America is often called the land of liberty. And the picture is shown of a, a street with a pedestrian sign with the yellow and the black uh, people sketched out as walking across the street. So here's a crosswalk. You got to be careful. You got to follow the rule that you... You stop when you see uh, the, the the person holding the stop sign, bringing the kids across the street. Mm -hmm. But everybody can agree with that restraint and the kids are going to be safe and happy and the people are going to be able to get home as soon as everybody's safely across the street. But that would be liberty and not just acting any way that you please and wanting to negate all rules or laws that a person should be able to follow and agree with if they're sane and sensible. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me. Great. All right. So, uh, Christopher, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We're, we're going to uh, wrap up, but, um, before we go, maybe, uh, you could give us, uh, your last thoughts on this conversation today and, uh, where people could go to find out more. I know you already told us, but, uh, uh, you can yes. tell us one more time and then I'll, I'll put it on the show notes page. Great. If we can go three more minutes, the way I'd like to wind yeah. up is to read a success story that was written that if you can imagine the hundreds of thousands, if not more people that might have felt this way, that he starts talking about himself at the beginning, and then what happened as a result of completing the full study of the guide, I think this would be a beautiful way to wrap up this, this show that we're doing. All right. So this person says, I've been living in the United States since 1988 and never wanted to become an American citizen. And suddenly, studying the preamble, I realized why that is, and that it has nothing to do with America. It has to do with what people have made out of America. So another side effect of reading this is that I, for the first time, want to become an American, not the shabby substitute that has been created, but the original idea that you are promulgating and revitalizing. I must confess that while I had glanced at the Constitution a few times and even read parts of it, it never became real. America's success in becoming the most powerful and free nation on earth was started with the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. I believe there's a lot of power in what you're doing. You are revitalizing a huge arsenal of failed purposes of people who want to be and live a good life and agree with their fellows and be secure and friendly and able to defend themselves. I want to help on this project. All right. Thank you. And uh, and where can we go to find out more just to round it up? You can go to 
citizensacademy.us on the internet, and you'll be able to see more success stories, a full free download and flip book of the guide and ways of ordering it. And if you're interested in becoming a leader, there's a section on that too. So if you want to help in this grassroots movement, you can spread the word and help people learn these purposes for real so they really get them. All right. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Max. I wish you a great rest of the day. All right. As we approach the end of the year, I still need to get Aaron back on here. Definitely want to talk about uh, the fourth turning on, on which I learned a lot. Definitely more AI news. So join us next time. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and their online community at Maximum.Locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.